Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back in hour number three of our Monday get-together. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr. It's Gwynn and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. I want to remind everybody, download that radio.com app. That way you can make sure you're uh, continuing to listen to uh, Gwen and Chris every day from 3 to 7. Very easy. And uh, just to download the app or your smart speaker, just tell Alexa, hey, play 97.3 The Fan. Simple as that. You'll have access to our show, all of the shows right here on 97.3 The Fan. I know things are a little different these days. You're used to listening to us on your way home in the uh, car radio. We appreciate you sticking with us. And, uh... We're in the car radio still, but just not as many of you are in the cars. That's the problem. So <laughs> right, right. We are. Uh, we just want to remind everybody that if you, uh, if if anybody you know is a Gwen and Chris fan and having trouble finding the show, make sure you tell them to download that radio.com app. Very simple way that they can continue to listen to the show. All right, uh, all kinds of stuff going on over the weekend. We reset things on this Monday afternoon. Shortly after five o'clock, we whip it around. It's time to get the week started, San Diego. I like that. Did you miss anything over the weekend? I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Gwen and Chris get you caught up on the biggest sports stories of the weekend now. <laughs> it's the weekend. I can feel my face when I'm with you. You know, not that weekend. But I love it. It's the Weekend Whip Around on 97.3 The Fan. I open with this, uh, Tony. Uh, according to Kevin Acey, San Diego Union Tribune just tweeted out about 20 minutes ago. Hashtag the Padres have guaranteed employment for baseball ops personnel through October. Higher level employees are taking pay cuts. Uh, it's kind of a nice story. Uh, we talked earlier about the fact that Derek Jeter was foregoing five million dollars of his sal- actually his entire salary of five million dollars. Yeah. And we also mentioned that over the weekend, baseball started talking about the fact that front office personnel may be furloughed starting in the month of May. But uh, anyway, I, I liked what Derek Jeter did. He's doing his part. Sounds like the Padres are going to do their part to make sure that they can keep everybody around the Pottery organization, and uh, that's a nice little tweet coming out from Kevin Acey about 20 minutes ago. It's just it's just nice. It's really nice to see. And we talked about this when this first went down. It's, it, it, we tend to focus so much on the negative stuff that comes out of sports. Here's some positive stuff, despite the negativity that is surrounding us. 
You're yeah. getting stories like this, and you can add the Los Angeles Angels to that list as well. Uh, Los Angeles Angels are committing $1.2 million to cover over 1,800 people who work at their stadium. The money issued through a one-time grant will provide financial assistance to a wide range of employees, including third-party vendors, and will, dist- will be distributed on, on a sliding scale based on factors like job title, pay rate, and hours worked. So the Angels, 1,800 people is a lot of people yeah. uh, that are going to be able to, to keep their jobs and be paid while there is no baseball being played in that stadium. Yeah. I think we're all pretty clear on the fact that baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever the sport, goes far beyond just the players. Right. And I think all of these leagues and all of these teams uh, who are blessed with the great fortune to, to have the kind of revenues that they have are doing a good job of looking out for the rank and file. Uh, NFL draft is coming up Thursday. Uh, they did have a virtual NFL draft simulation, I guess, today. NFL is still trying to work out all the kinks, apparently. There was a problem with the very first pick in the draft. <laughs> a technical glitch with Cincinnati's first pick, although I'm imagining it could have just said Joe Burrow and they would have got the message. But anyway, uh, Adam Schefter reporting that the uh, NFL did hold a mock draft Monday afternoon to prepare for Thursday's first round. Didn't go 100% as planned. John Elway, the Denver Broncos, said the draft went smooth. Got off to a little bit of a hiccup when we first started, but other than that, it went really smooth. There were really no problems with it, so we should be able to get comfortable with it. And, of course, we'll have the draft coverage for you Thursday night. Beginning at 5 o'clock, Coach John Cantera will join both Tony and myself for our coverage. San Francisco 49ers, your team, Scraby. Apparently the latest to beg people to trade for their first-round picks. Please. Everybody always does that about this time. We were talking about that last week. Niners are the latest to do it. Uh, Apparently, uh, Nguakwa, one of my favorite last names. Nguakwa. Nguakwa, yeah. (laughs) I thought you were talking about guacamole for a second there. (laughs) Nguakwa. is having a little Twitter war with uh, his uh, franchise, the the Jaguar. Jaguar. They are a mess right now. My, My gosh, happening now. <laughs> we talked about Fournette earlier, but apparently Ngakwa. Is that right? Ngakwa. Ngakwa. Close enough. Yes, I love it. We know <laughs> who you mean. Guacamole. We got you. <laughs> that guy. Apparently, who... <laughs> Ngakwa um, is not happy and has been trying to. Come to an agreement with the Jaguars uh, that's not happening. And him and uh, Tony Khan, Shad Khan's son, and an executive there at the Jaguars had a little Twitter beef over the weekend. It's not a good person to have a Twitter beef with. (laughs) Right? I mean, but I guess when you're done, you're done. (laughs) True, but you're really just burning the bridge for the future. This wouldn't be the first player we've seen burn a bridge. No. That's a... It's a common issue. Yeah. No, he they're going back they were going back and forth yes uh, earlier this morning on Twitter and it uh, has finally subsided, but nevertheless, uh Ngaku, I don't even want to say his name again because I'm on best. You had it, you had it. Ngakway. Gway. Ngakway. 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 
uh, and him were going back and forth, uh, something that you don't usually see between executive and player, but it does happen. Uh, it, this is on the executive to not get into a Twitter beef on we, Twitter. Thing. <laughs> you, you, that, that's how that's just, that used to be how it went. Like the player makes a fool of himself. The executive doesn't say anything and allows him to. But that's not the way it goes in 2020. Executives try to, they make fools out of themselves apparently too from time to time. NBA season has been suspended since March the 11th. If you can believe that, a bit of a sobering note. It's been six and a half weeks since the Rudy Gobert diagnosis. Adam Silver over the weekend saying the league's still in no position to make any decisions on what's going to happen with the rest of this 2020 season. Adam Silver underscoring the fact that he and everyone else involved in the NBA is still committed to finishing up a 2020 season, but right now just way too much uncertainty in order to make any announcements. No time frame for announcements. But, uh, man, that's, that's, that's a sobering deal, March 11th. That's one month and nine days ago now. It doesn't seem that long ago. Are you kidding? It It seems like it was six and a half years ago. I mean, it seems seems like it was a long time ago, but it doesn't seem like it was six and a half weeks ago. As much as I have disliked being locked down for this long, it doesn't seem like it's been six and a half weeks. If somebody would have told me then that I was going to be locked down for six and a half weeks, I might have said, I don't know if I can do it. I have some. Uh, so I guess maybe that's kind of good news that. that we've done that. That's true. That's yeah. true. I have some good news though. Uh, the mayor, Mayor Faulkner, said something in his press conference today that got that perked my interest. What is that, Mister Swayze? What did he, say? he said, "Now I, I, he said he's gonna. They're gonna start reopening some parks, but it's not gonna be anything like crazy. They're gonna start reopening some parks though, which is a step in the right direction." That is no groups, no gatherings. Just they're gonna they're gonna open it up a little bit, a little bit. So they gonna open up Petco cool. Park? No. Let's be no. cool, though, people. Let's be cool. Let's not yeah. all hit up that park and get it shut down again. Yeah. <laughs> Good, luck. Be careful. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. I know. There's a there's a reason why we had to close them down the first time. Hey, yeah, they're opening you, back you don't, up. You don't think we'll be to able say. to handle whatever? whatever. I, I, I just, if unless want us to be able to handle it, but we didn't handle it very well the first time. That's no. all I'm saying. I know they're talking about trying to get the beaches opened again by the end of the month. Uh, again, same same thought you just had there, Tony. I mean, yeah, be great, but how are we going to make sure everybody keeps their social distancing at the beach? You know, I mean, I mean although listen, I do, tr- I do trust Californians to be able to get it done a lot more than six months. <laughs> as long as it's not Florida nights. Yeah, the Florida nights are out of control right now. Man, those crazy people down there. I like well, the- speaking of the, speaking of Florida nights. D Gordon had a hilarious tweet about you know he's from Florida, and so about his Floridians that had me on the ground la- dying laughing. I have to share it to you. Tweets Maybe of the day. To a, tweet of a little the day later on Tweets day. of the Day, we can get to it. All right, there's a little recap of some of the things going on in the world and in the world of sports over this weekend. Get you caught up. Of course, everybody's watching The Last Dance last night. 6.1 million viewers, an all-time record for a documentary. We will uh, have some uh, sound from uh, that uh, Chicago Bulls feature when we come back and a little more conversation about The Last Dance. So stick around for that. That's coming up as the... 
Gwen and Chris program continues. And into the 2020 NFL Draft hosted by myself, Chris Ello, and John Contera. This Thursday at 5 p.m. right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3, the fan 521 on the clock. Welcome back into Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwen Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, talking some last dance. And we talked about it earlier, Chris. There were so many things just in the first two episodes that I had no clue about. Yeah. Um, one of those things uh, kind of spoke to the extreme competitiveness of Michael Jordan. He, he's coming off. He's in his second year, third game into the year, comes down wrong, and breaks his foot. Uh, so he pretty much missed – uh, a big portion of that season, and, and it was a fight to get back on the floor. I had no idea he was on a minutes restriction. And even before that, Michael tells the story about convincing uh, owner Jerry Reinsdorf and the doctor to let him get out on the court. I gradually worked my way up to a point where I'm playing 5-on-5 five five in a game, and I got the confidence that the foot is completely healed and I can, and I can play on it. Michael asked him, well, if I play, what percentage is there that I'm going to get hurt again? Doctor said, yeah, 10%. And I just lost it. I said, look, it's 10% chance, but it's 90% chance that I won't. And then I chimed in to the doctors, what happens if the 10% kicks in? And they said, well, then his career would be over. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think <laughs> the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. So I said to Michael, you don't, you're not understanding the risk-reward ratio. If you had a terrible headache and I gave you a bottle of pills and nine of the pills would cure you and one of the pills would kill you, would you take a pill? And I looked at him and I said, depends on how bad the headache is. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> no, I told you guys about that because they showed that in the extended preview um, yeah. Friday before we got off air. But I had no idea that it was in the context of convincing Terry Ryan Because in my mind, I, I thought of, okay, well, he went out and played in the playoffs, had 43. But he was on a strict 14-minute uh, minutes, minutes per half. Right, 14 minutes. And what he decided to do after going through a few games of that was basically told the coach, okay, give me your best, the toughest 14 minutes or the most critical 14 minutes of the game. And yeah. that's how he was able to get it, including the last game of the season in which the Bulls needed to win. They needed to beat the Pacers in order to get into the playoffs. Michael is playing his butt off. They have to take him out of the game with, I don't know, what was it, two minutes left to go in the game? No, something 13 along? seconds. 13 seconds. They take him out of the game. Think That's why I said shout-out to John Paxson for making that shot because without him making that shot, we never get to experience Michael playing the way he played in the playoffs. But take it. The way he the, – just the, the willingness to go out there and compete under any circumstance just continues to be one of the things that set Michael Jordan apart. Yeah, he was – he was he didn't under, he didn't have any understanding, and I mean, I'm sure to this day he has no understanding about the word tanking. He did not understand why in the world his franchise would want to not make the playoffs. He, was, he had missed really 64 games of that season, so – you consider that 64 out of 82 games that he missed, so the Bulls were in, you know, right in the 9-8 spot there. And Jordan came back, and with those 14 minutes per game, 
he led them back into the final and eighth did, playoff spot. And did you see the record for the eighth team? Oh yeah, year? they were thirty and fifty-two. <laughs> I mean, they were that's pathetic. amazing. Yeah, they were absolutely awful. And not only that, they had to draw the greatest, one of the greatest Boston Celtic teams of all, of time. all time, one of the greatest teams in, of all time. Yes, in the first round of the playoffs. But you know what? If Michael Jordan or, like you said, Paxson doesn't make that shot and Michael Jordan doesn't make that burst down the stretch to get his team into the playoffs, we would have been denied one of the greatest performances in the history of sports, which was Jordan's 63-point game in game two against those very Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. Now, yes, the Bulls went out in three straight. But, see, that's why I've always been totally against that that tanking thing. Just play it out and see how it works. You know what? Whatever happened, who knows, if the Bulls didn't make the playoffs that year and they did get a lottery pick, maybe they wouldn't have taken Scottie Pippen two years later. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm saying? You just never know how things are going to fall a certain way. So to me, you always play to win. You always play your best. I think, again, the Dolphins are a good example of that this year. We'll see how it turns out in the draft. But everybody said they were going to tank for Tua. You know what? They didn't tank. They won five games, and they still might get Tua. So. You know, it just you never know how it's all going to play out. I just don't buy into that, you know, easing off the gas pedal. And I, I guess maybe I have a, a <laughs> I don't have any Jordan in me, but that's my one thing in common with Jordan. Let's put you're, it that you're, way. You're 100% right. Too many teams nowadays take the trade off of possible success as opposed to what's in front of them and who knows what could happen, right? I mean, that's right. the same gamble they're taking on, let's tank and let's try to get this pick, it's the same gamble of, yeah, you guys might not be the best team going to the playoffs, but who knows what could happen? Somebody could get hurt? Who knows how the playoffs play out? Yeah. Uh, I remember the one thing? year the Bulls were playing the, um, I think it was the 76ers, maybe about seven, eight years ago. Tony, you'll remember this. And the Bulls won the first game by like 30 points, and they were going to crush the 76ers. It wasn't even a contest. And right at the end of the first game, Derek Derek Rose got injured. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And I he do. went out, missed the series, and Philadelphia ended up actually winning that series. No, no different. You, know, you than, never know what's going to happen. So right, no, get in there and see what happens. You know, take no, a shot. No different than the Bulls a few years later when Isaiah Tom, Thomas is on the Celtics. They're the number one seed. Bulls go out and boat race him the first game. Rondo breaks his hand. It changes the complete series. The rest of the series, Celtics would go on to win. But they were having serious problems with the Bulls that year. Right. And, again, you just never know. One of the other things that stood out to me in this doc was, and I, and it seemed like it caught Michael Jordan off guard, yeah. is, is, is when they were talking about the reputation of the Bulls prior to him being there. Uh Basically known as uh, some drug addicts is what it sounded like. I can't remember the exact nickname they used for him, but it had to do with a, the, a controlled. Uh, yeah, the, the the cocaine circus. The cocaine circus <laughs> is what they called. Jordan it. started laughing like crazy when he heard that. I think I don't know if he was laughing out of pain or laughing out of real laughter. I think he was almost surprised that the the whoever was doing the interview even knew about it. Here's Michael. I never read that out. Accurate? <laughs> look, guys were doing things that I didn't see. I had one event preseason. I think we were in Peoria. It's in a hotel. So I'm trying to find my teammates. So I start knocking on doors. I get to this one door and I knock on the door. 
And I can hear someone says, shh, someone's outside. And then you hear this deep voice says, who is it? I says, MJ. Uh, and then they all say, oh, f he's just a rookie. Don't worry about it. So they open up the door. I walk in and uh, practically the whole team was in there. And it was like things I've never seen in my life, you know, as, as a young kid. You, know, you got all, you got your lines over here. You got your weed smokers over here. You got your women over here. <laughs> so the first thing I said, look, man, you know, I'm out, you know, because all I can think about is if they come and raid this place right about now, I am just as guilty as everybody else has had this in this room. And from that point on, you know, I was more or less on my own. See, to me, this speaks to what Michael has always been really, really good at, and that's protecting his name and his and his legacy. Even at the age of 20, 21, before he was Michael Jordan that we know, he recognized, look, if we get caught, likely my name is going to be the first one that is mentioned regardless of what right. I'm doing in this room. Yeah. So I'm out. And even if that meant he had to isolate himself from his, his teammates, he was okay. But they had to respect it, though, because he showed up to work every day and played better than all of them. Yeah. There's a great tweet here that we would I would normally say for tweets of the day, but Kevin Clark tweeted it out, and it says, Every member of the 1984-85 Bulls team watching last night in their living room <laughs> yes. was explaining to their family that they were one of the ones that were not inside that hotel room. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was a couple really good memes about players oh, when they man. heard Michael say this on TV last night. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to continue to talk about it uh, as we go through the rest of the show. we got to get to break. When we come back, we got ourselves a countdown. Gwen and Chris like to rank things, not college rankings, not athlete rankings. So what's your point? But their own rankings. And these rankings can be very serious. Top five ways that we like potatoes. Top five pizzas. Top five ways to beat the heat. I like where this is going. Giggity, giggity, giggity. The countdown starts now on 97.3 The Fan. I, you can't say that on this program we don't search out some good news, search out some smiles for you during these difficult times. Today, our countdown, believe it or not, a topic we've never done before. Yeah. Our five, top five favorite comedy movies of all time. And I got to be honest with you, Tony, this one, I have a feeling, can really upset a lot of people. And the reason I say that is because whatever it is that's your favorite comedy movie of all time, you will defend that movie to the death. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I know exactly what you're so saying. So, like... Whatever we come up with as our top five, there's no way we're going to make everybody happy, and we're going to leave some out, and we're going to stick some in there, and people are going to go, that isn't even remotely as funny as my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I'm going to leave out some that is going to make me upset that I'm leaving them out. So I imagine that's going to be the same for some other people. I made a list of the top five for this category, and I have a list that's longer than that of movies that didn't make my top five. So that's how many that makes sense. That makes people sense. I left in the dust. 
But we got to break it down. Scraby? Number five. I was actually going to ask you a question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you care to uh, partake at least with your top couple in this category? Um, yeah. Yeah. Why I'm not? Just, I'm curious. Aren't you, Tony? To, to I'm definitely what... curious. I'm definitely curious to hear what Scraby's top five comments. Yeah, I'm a little curious. Do. You don't need the whole top five, Scraby. I'll do you top gotta, three. You got to get your top few in there. Okay. All right. All right. I'll let Tony go first. Oh, that is so wonderful. Well, oh, you want me to go, go first? first? You go first. Airplane. That's a good one. Number five. That is a good one. Airplane. Airplane. That was the one with Kareem in, right? That's Kareem. the one with Kareem in it. It's the one that just is basically a takeoff of every movie that was made in the 1970s or 80s. And uh, obviously was hilarious at the time it came out because it made so much fun. It spoofed so many other movies. But the, the interesting thing about Airplane was it was so good that it still actually holds water today, I think. It's still pretty funny. I can watch it now, get a lot of good laughs. Some of the bits are a little bit tired, but most of it's still pretty funny uh, from beginning to end. Airplane, number five. Number five on my list is White Man Can't Jump. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney D. How dare you say that about me? Oh, it was a a – I thought Woody Harrelson and Woody Snipes played those two characters to a T. You, it would have been tough for me to believe that they didn't know each other in real life after watching that movie. But it was a great flick. If you like basketball, you like some pickup basketball, some trash talking. I know I took a few of those, uh, some of the art of that trash talking. I used to take that to school with me the, the following week. Oh, did you bring a little of that? <laughs> yeah. Very good movie. That was a highly, highly uh, decorated movie as well. It was. It like was. it wasn't just funny to be funny. Like people like like that movie. I don't know. I always, four. I always find a couple different categories in this particular thing. All right, number four for me. Something about Mary. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is a great one. <laughs> um, is that I don't know. Joe? Sorry, nothing. <laughs> no, I know. Don't. It isn't it amazing that the hair gel thing is the one thing that stands out from that movie? But <laughs> well, duh. Well, there's about 99 other gags that are pretty funny too. But you're right, the hair gel thing. Brett Favre was in the movie. He, he was. was. And I must say that of all of the sports people that have ever appeared in movies, I don't think anyone's ever looked more uncomfortable than Brett Favre did. <laughs> something about Mary. Good point. He just he didn't. Did, quite, he did seem quite uncomfortable. He did seem quite uncomfortable, but that did not change the fact that the movie started me laughing at the opening credits and the Franken beans, and kept <laughs> me going laughing all the way right to the very end. So, uh, something about Mary, I thought was an all timer. Number four. All right, number four on on my list is Death at a Funeral, the 2010 version. Death at a Funeral. Yes. That uh, sounds comedic. It is. It's uh, Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, ah, and, um, Danny Glover. There's a couple. There's a lot of people in this movie, but it is. It is one of the quietly like nobody so- talked about it when it came out, but it was one of those movies. Once it got to rental or you could buy it, it blew up. Was this um, 
a remake? This yeah, was, was a remake, re- yes. It was a remake. What was it a remake of? Do you remember? Death at a Funeral. Oh, Death at a Funeral. Yeah. Well, that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Hamlet. Do you know what that remake of <laughs> Hamlet was? <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry. That was me. I made a hot joke and forgot I'm to free. do my job. Yes, it was a hilarious joke. Uh, number three on my list, Animal House. Uh, sorry, but that just kind of was my life in college, so it's pretty accurate. What's that? That's how you guys were getting down at San Diego State? Not only were we kind of like that, <laughs> the name of the fraternity in the movie Animal House was the Delta Tau Chi House, which is a fictitious one. But the one that I was in at San Diego State was called the Delta Chi House. So it was almost the exact same <laughs> as the one in the movie. And it does seem like we had at least one or two characters from each of the characters in Animal House lived in our fraternity at the time. Although we probably didn't have anybody as hilarious as John Belushi. Yeah, it would have been tough. That would have been almost impossible. But yeah, uh, Animal House is an all-timer. Actually caught the uh, tail end of it the other night on some channel somewhere and stopped and watched the last five minutes. Number three. Number three on my list is an Eddie Murphy classic, Trading Places. Along oh, that's with a great Dan Aykroyd. Um, it's one of the first movies that I almost peed on myself watching. I I'm sorry? <laughs> yes. What? I'm sorry? So what? I, what just first, happened? One of the first movies I, I laughed so hard I almost peed on myself. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It was, was hilarious. It's still hilarious to this day. Trading places. Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good, Lewis. <laughs> Feeling good, Lewis. All right, I guess I'm going now since I'm. Oh yeah, go ahead, Scrape. You're in the countdown now. What's your uh, number three for me? Bad Santa is an amazing. Boo! No, I'm joking. Bad Santa. Boo! <laughs> Bad Santa is hilarious. It is so you funny. You would like that movie? A movie where Santa Claus is mean. Thurman Merman, I mean, right come up on. Scraby's alley. Bernie right S- up Scraby's hating alley. What was the guy's name? Not Bernie Sanders. Bernie I don't know. Sanders. I didn't see Bad Santa. Oh, uh, he died. He was uh, Mister Three Thousand. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Yeah, no, I'm not feeling the burn over here. But <laughs> yes, Bad Santa is amazing. Billy Bob Thornton, Thurman Merman, all that good stuff. John Ritter's in the movie. It's great. Yeah. Number two. I'm getting a lot of play on that one, Scraby. <laughs> I know. What the heck? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Number two. Funniest movie of all time. The Hangover. Oh. Yeah. The Hangover's good. Come on now. The guy just took a punch from Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that's a good one. The Hangover, I can watch it. I, I guess what I'm kind of judging on this is how funny was it and if I'm flipping channels, will I stop and watch it? And the answer for almost all my movies is yes. I would stop and watch for a while and you know remember exactly where I am in the movie and the whole thing. So I thought the hangover was pretty 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 darn funny. Not the second and third ones. Although they were okay, but just the original. Yeah, number two for me is also Hangover. Oh wow! Yeah, no, awesome. this 
this movie was like stomach hurt yeah. laughter. You know what I'm saying? Like you laughed so hard that you needed to get up and walk so that you could recover. That's yeah. how funny. Uh, that's how funny Hangover was. Hangover is tremendously funny. It is. It's really, really good. My number two, though, is uh, Happy Gilmore. We've mentioned it a couple times uh, in I'm the not last surprised couple to hear months. This. But I can, I could almost do that movie by heart if it was on. I could, I could do all the lines. I love it that much. I've seen it so many times, and I just, I just love it all. Love it all. Number one. Number one for me. I'm going with a movie that uh, fared quite well in the uh, San Diego Union Tribune's poll of the funniest movie of all time. Sports movie of time, actually. And that's Caddyshack. Wow. In fact, I believe Caddyshack won the poll, if I'm not mistaken. It won? Yeah. I think it won it all. Um, I don't have a problem with that result. Caddyshack is, I mean, comedy genius. Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Murray, Ted Knight. But I don't know. I don't know a movie that's ever been quoted more than Caddyshack in terms of comedy movies is concerned. I know for your era, Scraby, a little more Happy Gilmore, but Caddyshack's going back a little further, but uh, pretty hard to stop. Yeah. A lot of people like Caddyshack. Uh, didn't make my number one, but certainly have to respect that. Number one on my list is Coming to America. Oh, that's another nice, funny I mean, Eddie Murphy. Eddie one. played at least four characters, five characters in this movie. Um, what a, it's, just, it's just one of the funniest movies that you could is see. Is that the one where he plays all the characters in the barbershop? In the barbershop, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> what happened to him, man? What happened? He started making kid movies. What do you mean? I know. He just kind of fell off. No, no. I don't think that you could consider that falling off. Are we? Ta- we're, we're talking about the same guy, right? Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy? Yeah. I mean, it, felt, it feels like he fell off a little bit. I don't know. He was like a megastar back in the day, right? Yeah. I mean, he got older. And, you know, actors tend to get younger. Yeah. He had his. He had his. Uh, he had his time in the light in the limelight. I'd say it was a good 15, 20 years stint. Not bad. Yeah, and then he went Disney. He went Doolittle and, you know, some of the Disney voiceovers. Um, yeah, Professor Clump, or what, what was it called? The Nutty he Professor. He was in Shrek. Nutty. Shrek. Shrek is a great one. It's the only thing that's funny in Shrek. Donkey! Got, he, he really is. Uh, they got a Coming to America Part 2 coming out, too. Yeah, I think they had to put that on hold, the filming. I, I think they did. I which... also thought the Nutty Professor was another very good Eddie Murphy Hilarious. vehicle. Yeah, yes. that was good. Yes. And Beverly Hills Cop is, although I told I don't you know there were you... a bunch, a bunch that I was going to leave off. Pretty much Beverly Hills Cop one and two are on that list. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop is, I mean, and it's not necessarily a comedy, but right, right. The banana and the tailpipe line is as good as any you're going to get <laughs> of a lot, all time. One of the all time best lines. You know, the guy he did that to was uh, an actor named John Aston. And uh, he played in the uh, celebrity tournament, the Drew Brees celebrity tournament one year. And he came on the show. And all I talked to him about the entire interview was the banana and the tailpipe. Oh, wait, did you say John or Sean Astin? No, John Astin. Is that like was... Sean Astin's brother or something? No. Oh. I don't even think it's spelled the same. Interesting. 
But he was the heavyset cop who fell for the banana in the tailpipe thing along <laughs> with uh, Judge Reinhold. Character. I can't remember his name either, but anyway. All we talked about was the banana in the tailpipe for like 10 minutes in the interview. And he, loved, <laughs> he loved recounting the whole thing. That's good. I love it when people like that. Yeah. He was um, My number one, I can't believe you guys didn't say it. Being a San Diego show, we have to represent Anchorman. I love that movie. The first one, not the second one. Right. The first one. The first one is amazing. And we, we quote that all the time. Who Who's we? Well, San Diego. <laughs> yeah, who, who exactly San is we? Scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. Put it in my belly. Yum, I will yum, say, yum. I will say that when I go in uh, to do my work for Fox Sports San Diego, occasionally Mike Palm will pull up some scenes off of Anchorman, <laughs> and we we get to laughing pretty good. The there. one where the one where he's getting his mouth ready before he gets on air is <laughs> the one we tend to watch, and I can't help but laugh at that one every time. I love it when he plays the flute, <laughs> and he's walking around the restaurant playing the flute. <laughs> he like drinks the martini out of the flute. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, Not the wow. second one though. Anchorman definitely awful. gets got to score some points because of the San Diego angle. That's for sure. Yes. Word up. Good job, guys. That's all for the countdown on 97.3 The Fan. You want to share some of the ones you left out? Beverly Hills Cop, Friday. Oh, man. Ooh, Friday. How did I forget that? Did you ever see Blazing Saddles, Tony? Uh, I've seen pieces of it. Yeah, you got to go back. That's an early 70s one, but that one's, uh, that was a classic. I put Vacation on my maybe list. Mm. How about Meet the Parents? Oh, Meet the Parents, yes. very good. You know what's underrated but very funny? Office Space. Oh, Office that, Space is hilarious. That yeah. goes in my top three. 40-Year-Old Virgin, another good one. Yeah, that is a good one. What about Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? That's a great one. I couldn't one. get into that one. That's <laughs> that a White amazing Castle. One. When, they find a, when they find a <laughs> cheetah to ride, I mean, come on. Nah, Neil Patrick that one, Harris that one's keeps just too far up. fetched for me. I not on the, not on the, not on the, uh, the level of those other ones. MPH wouldn't do that. No, no, okay, good. No, sorry. All right. Yeah, sorry, thanks, guys. Scraby. You're. That's why I wanted to hear your list, Scraby, because I knew you'd be representing <laughs> a whole other dynamic. Here. Well, it's a, a certain day, so I like those certain movies. Oh, knock it off! I do. I, I like those movies. What Never mind. Mean? Never mind. Bad Boys, another good one. Oh, yeah. Bad Boys 2 is even better. <laughs> when he's all... <laughs> Never mind. All right. <laughs> Sorry. There's our a little carried away over here. Of some of the top comedy movies of all time. Apologies to anybody who likes Monty Python. I didn't I'm like sure Monty some people Python. are pissed that we didn't say Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber yeah. is pretty good, but... People love that movie. Yeah, it's pretty on. good. Swanson, Samson, Samsonite. <laughs> <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there's line. a lot of movies you just can't get them all in there. Right. But right. I think we touched on most of the good ones. I agree. All right. Good for us. Good for us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will say the Academy Awards does a lousy job when it comes to honoring comedy. Comedy, movies. they do. They do. And doing great comedy is not always easy acting. But you never see the best actor award go to a guy that was in a funny movie. Why not? 
I Eddie Murphy was as good in The Nutty Professor as anybody's ever been in any movie. He was nine people, for heaven's he sakes. nine people. That's right. Come on. All right. We'll take a timeout. Feeling a little better about things after our countdown of the top five comedy movies. Getting even better with a happy hour next. Gwyn and Chris, 97.3, The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.